from a PR perspective, people are like, oh yeah, okay, well, of course you got to think about what, what your goal is and then figure out how to work towards the goal. Uh, for a lot of product managers and directors and, you know, founders of companies and, you know, executives, that's a new thing for them. And so if you're like, all right, so what is, what is the cool announcement that, You'll be able to put a press release out about this and all these other like, you know, Wired Magazine or, you know, the Wall Street Journal or whatever it is, is, is picking it up and saying, oh, this is super cool. Why is it super cool? What is different about this? What is the thing that they're highlighting? And, and that actually really brings it to life for a lot of people. Just stop it. The run-of-the-mill cheesy humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors the superhuman frontiersmen or women with arrows in their backs who go through hell to achieve their goals. They'll go through anything to make it. They bathe in hell and high water, a cut above. They're intolerant to mediocrity, the status quo, and yet they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. This is Disruption Interruption. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. This show is sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk to another industry leader that has steered off the lame, tired path of the status quo. All right, so... Today's guest is a remarkable journeyman who transitioned from, believe it or not, the world of PR and creative writing to become a tech visionary. Wow, how did that happen? Well, starting in crisis management, he braved Silicon Valley's challenges to establish a successful app development company during the early days of Apple's App Store. His entrepreneurial spirit didn't stop there. He ventured into gamification and AI leading his ventures to successful sales, probably because he knows how to tell stories and connect the dots. Now he's at the forefront of steering a global team tackling complex issues like AI, cybersecurity, and data privacy. And he's known for scaling multiple software companies and achieving multi-million dollar acquisitions. His strategic approach at a leading marketing-led SaaS company led to a remarkable 900% revenue increase, showcasing his expertise in customer experience and revenue generation. So he truly knows how to connect the dots. As a Princeton alumni and a recognized figure in the Las Vegas business community, He's a true embodiment of resilience and innovation. So we're going to dive in right now with Aaron Ezra, chairman of Plan A Technologies, and explore the frontiers of disruptive technology. Welcome. What an introduction. Thank you, Keja. That's, this is, I'm so excited to be here and really, really excited to get a chance to talk to you about some of this cool stuff uh, when it comes to tech. Yeah, you know, we typically talk about one disruptive innovation, but we're going to talk about several here and really what's on the forefront of changing our society and changing our world. So before we get into that, everybody always wants to know, like, why disruptor? What's your main ingredient? What guides you? What's your ethos for being a disruptive innovator? 
You know, I think for me, from from the time I was just a, a little kid, I loved to build things. I loved to create things. And when you think about making and creating and building things, you always want to think about, all right, well, what has everyone else done before? Okay, here's this is the roadmap. This is the path to follow. But then the fun part comes from thinking about, well, wait a minute, though. Is there a shortcut I can take? Is there a different path I can follow? Is there a better way to get from here to there? Or something that's completely different about what there is. And so, you know, that feeling of being uh, very excited by possibilities, uh, that feeling of being interested in what could be created is something that I get to do every day now uh, at, at Plan A Technologies. You know, in the past, I had created these these product companies, but part of the reason I wanted to make Plan A come to life is that I wanted the ability to help many, many, many different companies when it came to their disruptive innovations. And so, yeah, I guess, I guess you know, the guiding force for me is just the challenge and the puzzle like feeling that comes from every day having somebody else come and say, all right, so Aaron, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what we're working on. What do we do? Um, or we're getting crushed by our competition here. What do we do? Or we can't figure out how to solve this horrible security issue. What do we do? Or, you know, whatever, whatever that challenge happens to be. So it sometimes feels like I should have like um, some kind of cool, like TV drama or something where every episode is a new, a new challenge from a new client that comes to us. But it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it's, it's very That'd be a really good Netflix series to be. Oh, honest. my God. Totally. Totally. totally it? it totally would. Well, I, I love that you're excited by the possibilities, right? Because there are so many possibilities in technology. And, you know, I like your background. I know a few technologists that have had a foray into PR, and it makes them, for whatever reason, really good technologists. I've been working with the technologist that built the war room for the Detroit Lions. And his background is in PR and communications, right? So, of course, he can speak to the technology very, very well, right? Uh, But that I think it gives people an insight to really being able to understand their audience. Yeah. When your audience comes to you with a problem, you're looking at it from so many different angles, I'm sure. Well, you know, one of the things that I often advise both starting entrepreneurs who are kind of imagining, you know, what to do and where to to get going, uh, along with, you know, much more established companies when they're trying to think about the product that they want, is I'll say like, okay, picture like the news story that describes this. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, you know, from a PR perspective, people are like, oh yeah, okay. Well, of course you got to think about what, what your goal is and then figure out how to work towards the goal. Right. Uh, for a lot of product managers and directors and, you know, founders of companies and, you know, executives, that's a new thing for them. And so if you're like, all right, so what is, what is the cool announcement that, You'll be able to put a press release out about this and all these other like, you know, Wired Magazine or, you know, the Wall Street Journal or whatever it is, is is picking it up and saying, oh, this is super cool. Why is it super cool? What is different about this? What is the thing that they're highlighting? And and that actually really brings it to life for a lot of people. Uh, And so. That's one of about a thousand examples of the great lessons that I learned from the world of communications and crisis that today I bring towards, uh, you know, the work I do in technology. I love it. And I love, uh, you know, me, of course, I love the background in crisis because, you know, 
there is no solution without a crisis. There is no solution without a problem in this world. We just live in a universe like that, right? Sure. Um, there's no good news without having bad news first. <laughs> it's just the world we live in. And, you know, we have all of these like innovators that I have seen, just people determined to change the status quo. Like I've never seen a catalyst like COVID for that, right? They're just, that's, that's freaking it, right? I mean, you've got FinTech and InsureTech and EduTech and PropTech and HealthTech and MedTech and AgriTech. And I mean, and every one of them has real issues, mm-hmm. real issues, right? What are the, like, what are some of the real complex problems that you guys are building technology for? And what are they really solving? So there are like hundreds of pick one. Pick one. <laughs> we'll pick one. We'll pick another. Yeah, we'll pick another. yeah, yeah. The you know I think I think obviously the 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 biggest wave of disruption right now at the time of recording uh, uh, today is is around AI and and people being both excited about the possibilities that it unlocks, but also you know very worried about is this going to put my business out of business in some way and make me obsolete? Am I going to just fall so far behind because I don't have billions of dollars to build my own gigantic solution uh, to compete? And so there's, uh, you know, whatever. Um, And so, you know, for us, that's something that we do a lot of, you know, one of the things that a lot of organizations do when they start working with us is they'll start with an assessment. And whether we're talking about an AI assessment, where they're trying to think about like, all right, what's in the landscape? What should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? Or if it's, uh, you know, that we have a lot of companies that think about what they can do to manage or monetize their data in a better way. And so we'll do a lot of data assessments. We have a lot of companies who will come to us with some kind of marketing technology challenge. So they want to, you know, create a better system to send out offers to the right people or, you know, whether it's customers or people they're recruiting or whatever it is. And so there are a lot of those types of systems, you know, and then a lot of like financial transactions and operational management and, you know, supply chain visibility and all sorts of different challenges. But those assessments are really wonderful ways to get started because you're basically saying, you know, a client comes in and knocks on the door and says, look, we don't know what to do about X technology. This is something we're worried about. This is something we're thinking about, or maybe we just got hacked and we got to figure out how to keep this from happening again. Can you do an assessment about what our world is doing, everything that we have within our company and everything that's possible in our industry, and then help us figure out a good path forward? Tell us what we're doing really well. Tell us what we're doing really poorly. Tell us the opportunities we're missing. Tell us about you know, not just kind of from a business perspective, but from a technology perspective, take a look at our tech stack. Have we built these interfaces correctly? Have we architected this right? Should we be moving toward rebuilding this in a, uh, using Kubernetes and microservices? Should we be thinking about using mobile in a different way? Should we be thinking about introducing some new best practices or rewriting this old, you know, C++ technology in C Sharp or in Java or something like that, like help us figure out what's strong and what's not. And so those assessments are a really wonderful way to start the path towards creating a disruptive technology because it gives you sort of a, a very high level view of here's where I am, 
here are some of my options and here are different uh, end states that I can get to. Uh, so that's that's what I usually recommend when, when groups come and, and they're saying like, hey, where do I get started? What, what should I think about? And that's regardless of if we're talking- Regardless about, of what it is. Yeah, yeah. Like data technologies or computer vision <laughs> technologies or virtual reality technologies or generative AI or whatever it is. Right. Let's talk about one of those issues. What's a big issue that you had to solve? Like what- big controversy or long-term issue in the market or definitely need to stat, you know, change state, like, you know, maybe abuse or lack of transparency or, you know, lack of security or privacy. Like, let's talk about one of those and what was really happening in the industry, in the company. You don't have to mention the client's company, of course. Yeah. that th- Those things happen a lot. You know, um, we do, we do a lot of work in general high tech, but we also do a lot of work with uh, regulated companies and, and industries that are dealing with a lot of regulation. So, and there's a reason for regulation. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there is a reason for that, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And and so you know, there's good and bad to regulation. The good part about regulation is it protects people, so you know, right. companies aren't like completely like messing things up and and screwing up their life and all that. Um, so you want to have that. You want to have fairness. You want to have uh, standards. But regulation is also challenging because it makes innovation much, much harder. And so when you look at um, you know groups in the world of healthcare and the world of financial services and the world of you know education and the world of gaming and and and, and so many different industries, they're often it's really like time consuming and expensive to innovate because you like gaming. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, so you asked for an example, for instance, yeah. um, in the gaming industry, uh, it, and by gaming, I say I'm, I'm talking more about casino gaming. So like real money wagers. And you have you uh, had a lot of regulation come into that world because, you know, they wanted to make sure that there was no like, you know, mobsters involved and, and you know, people aren't cheating. So when you actually wager uh, you know, ten dollars on a bet in a slot machine, uh, it will pay out ninety four percent or ninety percent of what you you put into it, um, in the form of you know random jackpots, etc. That you're getting, and you need to be able to trust that that's actually going to be accurate, and it's not just taking your money. And so, in that world, for example, you have a lot of very very expensive, difficult regulations that companies need to comply with. So, when you have a brand new technology that you want to put out. Uh, in the gaming world, for instance, you have these these groups uh, like GLI and BMM that kind of review the technology, and then it needs to go in front of a gaming control board that actually has to look at that and make sure everything is is going well. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of really interesting technology uh, challenges there. When you say to, like they're building technology, like what would they be building technology for? What would they be trying to make better? So, so uh, anything from building brand new systems for, uh, let's just talk about casino for a second here, since we were yeah. talking, uh, uh, systems for tracking players and what's happening with the players in real time, and then um, you know actually like new kinds of games that people can play. So maybe it's like a cool little you know, side bet game. So as you're playing blackjack, there's another little game you can play on the side to bet, or maybe it's a new form of gaming. So if you want to say like, Hey, we're going to allow, um, you know, somebody in an augmented reality sort of way to play a virtual casino, that's not actually there, or there's often regulations regarding, 
you know, how casino staff need to measure jackpots and how they need to like pay things out and, and all of the different stuff that, that, that they need to do. And so each of these actions and each of these technologies requires a, you know, gaming control board, an approval uh, oversight board to review the code, to understand what's going on, to say, yes, okay, this is, this is okay. This is fair. There are no weird back doors where you can like cheat and do things like that. You know, similar- that they have to really be on the lookout for. I mean, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, why? Because people have cheated in the past. Companies have cheated in the past. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. Right? And, and you know, like that was in the past being way, way, way long ago. Like right. in the United States, for instance, uh, it is very, very, very buttoned up. They do not. Yeah. It's, it's, they're really, really careful about this, you know, well, and then you know, have- the U S is a country of laws. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yes. Uh, yeah. you also have all of these things like, you know, staying on that topic for a second, um, you know, like one of the projects we created recently was a responsible gaming platform. So this is one in which you have for people who have a, a gambling problem, they can actually self exclude and say, Hey, don't allow me to in, be in the casino at all, or don't allow me to lose more than a certain amount of money or play for more than two hours a week or whatever it is. So this is an interesting one because previously the, the, a lot of the casinos were requiring somebody to come into the casino to say, all right, exclude me, which is really difficult for somebody who has a gambling addiction to come into the casino where this is the only way that they can exclude themselves. So, you know, we were asked to create this platform that allowed people to self-exclude themselves virtually. And then you still have to do like, you know, fingerprints and signatures and all sorts of other things, because once you exclude yourself, you're excluded. You can't go into that casino and usually no other casino in that state. And 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 so that's, you know, kind of one interesting thing that, you know, the, the casinos needed to think about. And how do they do this in a way that's helping those folks, but it's not too onerous and 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 everything else. Not too discriminatory. I would imagine discrimination comes in there some somehow, some way. Yeah, well, the you know, lack what, of, or let's not have that. I mean, well, what's interesting is that sometimes, you know, they'll run into trouble because like, a spouse will try to exclude their spouse right. uh, without the spouse's knowledge. And so you have some of these like weird situations like that that come up. But then you have you have like all sorts of crazy innovation like that that happen and regulation that happens in other areas as well. You know, it takes um, uh, pharma companies and biotech companies a really, really long time to get their products approved. Uh, and there's a tremendous amount of time and money that goes into that. Um, for good reason. You don't want to be hurting people and giving, I mean, giving people things that are going to backfire in some way. Well, anyway. yeah, we can't sell snake oil anymore, right? Then, that's right. That's right. That's right. The good old yeah. days. Gone. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, uh, and then same with financial services, you know, when we work with banks and trading companies and, and fintech companies, there are a lot of regulations around how they're moving money around and who, you know, exactly the 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 right way to do everything to make sure it's all being done fairly and clearly and transparently. Now, I would say that that I mean this sounds like the wild west, right? I mean, I've dealt with many regulatory bodies on many campaign like public opinion campaigns, right? And I I do know a lot of regulatory bodies they're short staffed. They are not as funded as some of these private or public companies, right? And then they have to tackle all of these new technologies, right? AR, VR, AI, like you name it. And so, 
you know, that must be really very, that must be interesting to have to navigate this to build these disruptive technologies because while they're being innovative, right? Like a new gambling game or whatever, right? The innovation has to go through these series of like almost like past moral codes, like, yep, can't can't screw the person on this, can't screw the person on this, can't go oh, check, you know, great, we'll pass, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, like what ends up happening a lot of the time is that certain organizations will say, we know we need to do this upgrade, but it's going to be so painful to get this through regulatory that we're going to keep delaying that upgrade and delaying it and delaying it and delaying it so much so that you have like major banking systems, for instance, that are built on super old technology. Oh, I know. Old legacy technology, right? And so, and so, you know, very often, like one of the things that we come in to do a lot of the time is many of our clients will often say, look, the sucker's being held together by like duct tape and gum. Like we don't, (laughs) sometimes they're like the guys who built Yeah. The guys who built this, they built this like 30 years ago. Half of them are retired or dead. Like they're just, we don't even know how a lot of it works. We have it. It, It's it's held together by a thought, right? A few like, hope and a prayer, right? Right. right. And so like, so then they'll be like, we have a new partner or a new client uh, that wants something, or maybe there's a new regulation that's been passed that we need to be compliant with. And they're like, we have no idea how to do this. Like what, what do we, what do we do from here? And, you know, they have like one guy who's like, you know, way past retirement age who they have to pay this insane amount of money to, to get him to like continue to make little patches and fixes now and then. And so we'll come in and often like re-architect that whole system in a more modern programming language where there's many, many, many hundreds of thousands of people who could who could do the work. Um, you know, we'll make it uh, compliant with the latest security standards. It'll be way more scalable. It's a lot less expensive to run. You can add more features to it. So a lot of time, the big disruption that we're doing is just taking something old and making it modern and allowing it to sort of flourish and grow and add in all sorts of extra cool new features on top of that. Isn't that really what disruption is? Taking something old and making it better, <laughs> right? Very often, and very often. Most yeah. people don't think about the regulatory issues, right? And then how do you handle the issue of it's never been done before. So the regulators don't have any point of comparison for how it could be. I mean, that's really hard to have judgment. You judge something by point of comparison of something else, right? And you have nothing like that. Yeah, it's it's really fun to think through all of those scenarios because when you present something new, there's there's uh, like truly new. There's a lot of energy um, behind it, you know, b- both the company that created it, um, the regulators who are viewing it, everyone's kind of like, whoa, 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 what is this? Because most of the things that, you know, that come out are just sort of very, very iterative or, or just out and out copycats. And there, there's, there's not as much of the brand new stuff. So when the really, truly new, exciting innovations come out, those are really, really uh, fun. And we love to work on those, but yeah, you have to kind of think about all the different scenarios, both the good scenarios and the bad. How can this be, you know, I mean, it's like you take a look at OpenAI and and everything that they put out with ChatGPT, and suddenly you have all these schools all over the world that are like, oh my God, how do we police cheating? This is nuts. What do we do? So 
inevitably when you have one technology come out, there are these crazy unintended consequences that have this ripple effect all, all throughout. So you can never like predict every single one of those things, but doing a good job of predicting a lot of those is, is certainly possible. And how do you predict those? Okay. Let's just talk about all these schools and coming out in the form of cheating, right? Like what's cheating? They're using <laughs> chat GPT to like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stories of how students will say to their teacher, like, check out this cool essay. And the teacher's like, this is really, really like perfectly written. I don't understand. And they're like, well, when I use chat GPT, these are the prompts I used. And they think of the assignment as like, I was able to use the correct prompts to get it to output this really, really good essay. And the it teacher, does take some, it does take some intelligence to put good prompts. Sure, absolutely. Sure. But the teacher's yeah. kind of like, what are you talking about? But then like other folks are like, well, hey, you know, this is essentially what happened when calculators were invented. And people were like, no, they shouldn't be allowed to use calculators. And then everyone's like, well, in the real world, you always do have a calculator. So now, you know, <laughs> yeah. very often, uh, you know, on, on, on standardized tests. And so, yeah, you know, I think, I think part of being in the world of creating disruptive innovations means that you have to think about things from, okay, how do we do this? You know, how do we actually put this together? Um, and then what are the good and bad implications of doing that? You know, what is the advantage we're, that our client is going to get from, from this? You know, what are other things that we should be worried about or thinking about? You know, and it's a real, you're bringing this new little baby into the world and then you're thinking, okay, when baby grows up and does all these things, what can this evolve into? And so it's a very, very fun kind of creative thought exercise to go through when you imagine all of those things. And, and, you know, you had mentioned a moment ago, how do you deal with it when you're building something new and you don't know if it's going to work or not? Uh, and that's actually a really interesting challenge as well, because, you know, a lot of clients will say, especially the, the ones who aren't as technical, they'll say, Hey, I want to do X. I want to build this solution that's going to automatically know when you know, people are doing this and people are doing that and the other thing is happening and then it's going to pull all this information together in this beautiful report. And there are elements of what they're describing that are definitely possible, but then elements where you're like, that, I mean, how are you going to get that data? Where's that coming from? You know, and they're like, well, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. You figure that out. That's why I'm hiring you. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and so sometimes you have to say like, look, we're going to try to build this, but I, you know, I can't guarantee that it's going to work in exactly the way that you want. There may not be a highway for that information yet, right? That's, that's right. That's right. Maybe, maybe the highway has to come first. Yeah. Or sometimes it's like, like the computing power just isn't there for what, what you want. You know, like we had a client come to us recently and this guy, if you're familiar with the smart mirror technologies where you can like sit, sit, sit be in front of a mirror and say, Hey, I want to try in a new shirt. And now you pick the, you know, blue gap shirt that you want or whatever it is. And suddenly this, virtually appears on you and you can kind of see how it is. So he really liked that idea. And he wanted to take something like that much, much further where it's like doing this full animation of putting you in your house. So you can see how you look in these clothes in your house in an animated way with these, uh, like your you know spouse interacting with you and all these things. And I was like, 
that is a lot of work. That is a really, really big lift. You've got to like scan the house. You got to understand all the stuff you got to do. And he's like, wow, I don't understand. Why is it such a, why is it so difficult? Why can't you just do this? <laughs> and you're like, there's a, that's like massive computing power that that's totally. going to be required to pull this off. And so, you know, you have these challenges like that, that come up where people will come in with these ideas and you're like, all right, well, did you I, ever, do you ever like say, yeah, we can't grow baby up. We're not going to take, we're not going <laughs> to deliver that baby. Well, you know, the bigger thing that comes up, I mean, yes. You know, so yeah, sometimes you just say like, look, either we can't do it or no one on earth today can do this. You need to like time travel forward a few hundred years. Um, but you know, the bigger thing that comes up more frequently is that there's a disconnect over price because mm you know, we do projects all the time that are small, like little $20,000, $50,000 projects. But, um, you know, we also do these multi-million dollar projects. And so some some groups will say like, hey, I got a budget of $150,000 and they want something that's going to be like $5 million to build. And you're like, hold on, reality check here. What you're describing is going to require a lot of people. And they're like, I don't understand why. You know, one of the things that um, I, I sometimes share is uh, one of the stats from from Uber when they were kind of first getting started. They had ten thousand engineers working on Uber, and then yeah. well over that. And I'll tell people that sometimes when they want you know Uber like new things, you know, before Uber was Uber, right? And I'll say like, look, if we can do something like that, but it's gonna it's gonna be a good you know you'll need like. 50 people working on this or a hundred people working on this. And they're like, I don't understand why can't two guys do this. You should have two guys do this. This is an easy job. And you're like, this is not an easy job. So uh, a lot, I mean, there is a big education gap in terms of tech possibilities to the actual tech lift. Like what is it really going to take? Yeah, that's right. That's I hear right. that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, cause there's just a lot, especially when you're doing the more cutting edge stuff. Like if you want a, if you want something that's been a version of it has been done, or you can use some open source tools to assist with it, it's pretty clear what it's going to take, you know, and we can really say like, all right, look, we'll sit down in a three hour session with you and kind of map this out and then we can give you a ballpark. But when you're thinking about the really disruptive stuff, that's, you know, using new kinds of computing, like quantum computing stuff and things like that, like it's hard to know you know, where you're going to go because a lot of this stuff is still being invented. Yeah. Wouldn't you just like to have an unlimited budget just to work on really cool shit? <laughs> right. Absolutely. What's, what's one of the coolest things that you guys have worked on? The coolest project in terms of, you know, the impact that it made to the world or is making to the world, or it grew up to be from baby to a really cool adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love all I love all my children. So, uh, <laughs> but um, parents you know, have to say that, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm, uh, but there's there are a, a few that you know that I I really loved. You know, we did one really interesting one for a client that was measuring the effects of climate change on uh, plots of land. And so we, they're using like satellite data and weather data and a whole bunch of stuff to help uh, farmers understand, you know, the viability in the future of their land. Uh, and then banks understand if they should underwrite that. So that was a really, really cool project. Um, we did a very, very cool uh, project as well for a group that um, wanted to um, combine uh, games and education. So we were gamifying education, educational materials in these really interesting ways that 
I would love to describe in more detail, but it'll like infringe on all my confidentiality <laughs> clauses, but a whole lot of like really neat stuff that goes beyond just like, hey, you got a badge, good for you, and actually makes the process of learning a lot more engaging and a lot more fun and a lot more social uh, between the different students who are working on things um, in, a, in a really neat way. Um, did a, a very, very cool project for another group that uh, was doing a lot of research into different kinds of uh, new uh, medications. And many of the different pharma companies wanna be able to share research, but only mm -hmm. some of their research because some of it is still proprietary. So they yeah. needed a way to redact certain parts of their research and easily kind of share things and collaborate without, you know, taking up thousands of hours of time to figure out what to, to cut out. So we built this really, really neat solution to, to allow that to happen. Uh, and then we built a lot of very, very neat uh, new, you know, AI tools, which are, which are really, really fun where, you know, sometimes we're piggybacking on the big boys, the Googles and the Microsofts and the Facebooks of the world and the things that they've built. Sometimes we're piggybacking on other companies as well, but um, other times we're building brand new things. And, you know, some of those technologies almost seem like magic where you're able to go into an organization that doesn't really have any visibility into their own data and what's going on. You put some of these tools in place and all of a sudden they're literally just asking questions like, hey, what was my, what happened with my, over the last month with my customers on XYZ situation? Or, um, you know, which of my clients am I most likely to lose? Or which of my employees uh, seems to be doing the best job of X? You know, and suddenly you're getting all of this great, amazing information. And it's almost like this brand new dashboard portal into, you know, for the owners of the company or the executives into their what's happening. And they're like, I had no idea something like this was possible. And so, you know, those are really, really fun, fun ones to, uh, to, to, to work on. And I could, I could keep talking, but, uh, you know, things like that are, are, are a lot of fun to work on. Yes. Yes. Well, it definitely, um, possibilities lie in technology today, right? What are some things that you would love to work on that you haven't yet? Or things out in the world that you see like technology could be possible to improve this or help this, or, you know, maybe even the technology doesn't exist or it'd be a heavy lift. You know, um, one of the things that, that I would love to do, we, we do a lot of work for um, corporations uh, and that's great. I love doing that. That's all like, that's like 95% of what we do. Um, and only like about 5% of what we do is for uh, governments and NGOs and, and foundations and stuff like that. And I, I would love, I, I would love to be able to help those organizations more. Um, you know, uh, there's so many government projects where, and we do some of those, but it, you know, it's just such a long, long cycle and it's so difficult and, you know, um, <laughs> It just, and I understand it's they're big entities, but you know, I'd love for us to be able to do more of that stuff that helps the citizens of of a country, or you know, to help more foundations. And a lot of those foundations don't always have enough money to do the things that they want to do and build the solutions that they want to build. Um, you know, like we've looked at doing more things with corporations where the corporations could help to fund a technology at the foundation. Um, and everyone like talks a big game and is like, oh yeah, let's do it, let's do it. But then, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, 
often happen. And, you know, I was like, I, you know, I've said to some of the groups that we've had conversations with, um, you know, I'm like, look, I'll do it like at cost, you know, so that I don't make any money off of it or anything, but I do need somebody to help me like shoulder the the, the cost of this because it's expensive to build these things. And so it seems very difficult to, to make that happen. Um, and, you know, so many of the really, really cool things that we're doing with like, uh, edge computing and internet of things and you know um a lot of the new cybersecurity stuff and you know all of the crazy you know vrar stuff and and everything else um just seems out of reach for a lot of the groups that could have perhaps the biggest social impact yeah uh, so yeah i think i think that would be probably my my answer of, of something i'd love to do more of if, if yes I'm with you on that. I'm completely with you. And, you know, maybe one day we'll have something where a percentage of all profits goes towards that to help with those particular initiatives. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I had to, I had to go to the DMV recently again and what a freaking nightmare it was. Oh, I know. Could that just not be completely transformed? Oh my God. Oh my God. And it was like this, it took like four and a half hours from when I walked in to when I walked out to do something that I could have built a technology platform for them that would have solved it in like 30 seconds. And it's like, how is this still happening? This is so backward. So, it's yeah. unreal. Yes. I can't remember that cartoon, but it's like the sloth. That's like the DMV uh, clerk. And when you go to the DMV and everybody is sloths there, right? Have you, you've never, I don't even know what that the cartoon is, right? You can tell I have little nieces and nephews. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's it's and and you know there's just a level of misery uh from the people who are working in places like that sometimes that you can make so you could alleviate it's so, true. so much of this so much easier and so much better so anyway but that's but true. yeah we'll see. that's true okay so you work with a lot of corporations, right? How do people get a hold of you? Basically, if you just either go to our website, which is planatechnologies.com, um, you know, we uh, have a lot of different ways you can get in touch with us there, or you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on there and you can just give me a shout and I'll make sure the right folks get uh, get in touch with you. Um, we do a lot of brand new uh, build uh, projects where we're building new technologies from scratch. Sometimes we're modernizing and enhancing things as we talked about. And sometimes we're just giving staff. Um, so some groups are just like, look, I just need extra engineers to give me a hand around here. Um, and then other times we're just kind of giving advice. So we'll just provide advisory services and help them figure out the right path forward before they do a project or before they add additional staff. Great. And then, you know, when people find you, right, like what are they looking for to find Plan A technologies? You know, generally um, they're, they're groups that either are kind of thinking about doing something in the future. So maybe it's a a uh, company that just raised their first million dollars and now they need like a development team to help them. Or maybe it's a, a, a big company that um, has decided to get into a new area or, um, or again, modernize that old legacy duct tape held uh, a technology. So they're like, this is a project we are planning to do. You know, we are talking to multiple companies. Plan A, you are one of those companies. Tell us what it would take to do this in your mind. And then we, we present that. And then the other uh, groups that will come to us are usually organizations where, you know, something freaking horrible has just happened and uh, or something that 
there's like a burning, oh my God, we need to do something immediately. Sometimes this is a hack where they're like, how do we like keep this from happening? You know, sometimes it's something good. Like, hey, we just signed Bank of America and this is a massive client for us. And they said that we have to do all of these different things and there's no freaking way we can do this by ourselves. Can you help us to to make sure that we do this? Or sometimes, uh, you know, it's like, our CTO and uh, our uh, software architect just quit together. They went to leave uh, to start another oh. company and <laughs> we don't have anybody who knows what's going on. So, so you got to come in. And so, you know, we'll come in and be like, no problem. We got this. Um, you know, we had, we had a, a couple groups um, a couple of years ago that uh, waited until flash had been completely, you know, unsupported and wasn't working anymore. And then they're like, oh no, we waited too long. You need to rebuild everything because it was all in flash. And so things like that will happen a lot of the time where we'll we'll sort of swoop in and, and save the day and, and help them figure out, you know, the right, right path forward. Well, it sounds like a ton of fun. It is. It is. I love it. I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. the best job I've ever had. I can tell. I can tell. Okay, great. Last food for thought for our audience. What would you say? You know, in the world of technology, all possibilities lie in technology. Um, what, what would you say in, in about our new world today? Well, you know, I think technology is the closest thing we have to magic in the world where, you know, you we get to see all these amazing, wonderful special effects in movies and you get to see all these cool things happening. And, you know, tech is like the closest we have to having a tangible thing where you're like, how is it possible for me to hold up this little black device and suddenly have my voice magically talk to somebody across the world? Or how is it possible that if I want to know the answer to basically any generally known question, I can now have that answer in seconds, you know? And so that is, it's very fun to be part of the world of creating that magic. And I, I think that, you know, I would just leave the audience with the idea of, you know, I think disruptive innovation, whether it's a massive disruption or even if it's a tiny disruption, um, you know, really like think creatively about your own organization. If you're at a business that might want to use this, or if you are, you know, younger and and kind of starting your career or, or thinking, getting ready to start your career, like it's a really fun business to be in. And um, it's the kind of thing where you get a chance uh, to touch many, many different industries to, you know, work on a lot of different possibilities. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I would encourage, encourage people to think creatively and, and not if they're feeling dissatisfied with whatever setup they have to, to give us a call or another company like ours, a call and say, Hey, you know, what's possible. Is there a way that we can use technology to overcome this problem in a way that we haven't thought about before? So, um, yeah. That's great. It's magic. (laughs) Erin, thank you so much. Thanks for what you're doing. I loved this perspective. And, you know, anytime you have a cool story that you want to talk about, let me know. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That's a wrap, everyone. If you learned something today, go tell people about this podcast and tell them to go disrupt their markets with a tidbit from the show. Thanks for listening to Disruption Interruption, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics with magic, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, 
here's our legal disclaimer. This advice is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal healthcare or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you've heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal issue or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links do not create an agency-client relationship between Joto PR and the user.